Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Amen. Well, we've been in a series for uh, three weeks. This is the fourth week, actually. And I uh, started this series called Like a Girl. And you'll remember that I told you that one of the greatest insults in life when you were in elementary school is for somebody to look at you and say, you do whatever like a girl. You run like a girl. You throw like a girl. You hit like a girl. Anytime you said that to a young man in elementary school, you have just insulted him beyond measure. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like that. You know it's true. But I, I challenged you that this like a girl statement if we really begin to look at it carefully, was actually an incredible challenge. And so I challenged you the first week that we should learn to fight. I was going to see if y'all remembered. Fight like a girl. And because y'all know there ain't nothing scarier than a girl fight. I'm talking about the real kind of girl fight. Man, some girls know how to fight, right? Husbands, they know how to, they don't even fight fair. They just Mm, I'm already preaching. And, and, uh, and then I said, well, not only do you need to fight like a girl, you need to pray like a girl. For whatever reason in the body, it seems like only the ladies know how to pray. And so I challenged all of us, especially the men, to learn to pray like a girl, to be persistent in our prayers, to know how to pray prophetically, and to really encounter God in our prayer life. And then last week we talked about being able to serve like a girl because I, I gave you an example of Rebecca. She knew how to do some heavy lifting. Y'all remember how much water she lifted? 3,200 pounds of water. And she knew how to do some heavy lifting. And I challenge you to serve with excellence. Well, this morning, the last challenge in this uh, series is I want to challenge you to learn how to worship like a girl. That's why we're having such an estrogen overdose on the uh, stage. And we're in a sea of pink, you know. It's because I wanted to challenge you this morning to learn how to worship like a girl. I want to take you into the New Testament this morning to two passages of Scripture Two encounters in the life of Jesus, two different women, very similar stories. And I want to take you into this, and I want you to listen to what happens and let it teach us some girl lessons about worship this morning. The first one is found in Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 36, and it goes through verse 47, and then the second one is John chapter 12. But I want you to listen carefully. This is what it says, Luke 7, verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked him over, over for a meal, and he went to the Pharisee's house, and he sat down at the dinner table. Just then a woman of the village, the town harlot, having learned that Jesus was a guest in the home of the Pharisee, came with a bottle of very expensive perfume and stood at his feet, weeping, raining tears on his feet, letting down her hair, which was against the law. She dried his feet, kissed them, and anointed them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man was the prophet I thought he was, he would have known what kind of woman this is who is falling all over him. Then turning to the woman, but speaking to Simon, he said, Do you see this woman? I came to your home. You provided no water for my feet, but she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quit kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Impressive, isn't it? She was forgiven many, many sins, and so she is very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, then the gratitude is minimal. 
Then in John chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, we see another encounter, this time with a lady that Jesus was very familiar with, one of his closest friends. The Bible says, Six days before Passover, Jesus entered Bethany, where Lazarus, so recently raised from the dead, was living. Lazarus and his sisters invited Jesus to dinner at their home, and Martha served. Lazarus was one of those sitting at the table with him, and Mary came in with a jar of very expensive aromatic oils. She anointed him, massaged Jesus' feet, and then wiped them with her hair. The fragrance of the oils filled the house, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. We need to learn to worship like a girl.
girl worship. There are some lessons we need to learn from these two women that I want to mention to you today. The first thing I've discovered is this, is that girl worship touches toes. You know, I, I, I've not very, met very many people. I think I know one person that likes feet. Everybody else I know thinks that feet are gross. Even now, I, how long, we've been, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I think we've been married uh, 18. Did I get it right? Ooh, I survived another day. 18, 18 years. And even now, even now, she says, get your feet off of me. I don't want those nasty toes on me. We don't like toes. Toes are gross. But I want you to know some, notice something in this account that I read to you in Luke chapter 7. This woman not only touches Jesus' toes, think about this a moment, she kisses his feet. Please understand that Jesus didn't just have a, an appointment at the local manicurist and pedicurist and just come out of a spa that day. You do understand that the shoe style of that day was a sandal, and you do understand that the roads weren't paved. You understand that he had been walking all day long in dirt roads, and his feet weren't beautiful. His feet were nasty. His feet were grimy and sweaty and dirty, and there was mud, if you will, on his feet. When she began to cry and the tears rained down on his feet, streaks of dirt would begin to run off, and she kissed those to understand this morning that worship has this power. I don't quite understand it. I don't understand exactly how it works. I just know that worship has this ability to change what was ugly into something that is beautiful. I don't understand how it happens, but somehow in the course of those actions, she turned sandals into a sanctuary. And in that place, when she reached down and kissed his toes in the ugly setting, she was able to worship. You need to understand this morning that true, genuine worship. See, I'm not really interested in you putting on a show. I'm not really interested in you making it to on the who's who of worship leaders or the who's who on the dance uh, masters in worship. I really don't care about any of that. What I really want us to get to is where we live out the three E's. And the first one for our church is that we encounter God. That is my heart's desire for all of us, that we would learn how to encounter God. And in order to genuinely, authentically encounter God, we need to understand that genuine worship doesn't start at the pretty place. Worship is not this thing that happens in this ethereal mist where the sun is all shining and my life is all perfect and everything is okay and I've had a great day and so I, I worship now. How many of you know that it's easy to worship when everything is going great? But can you really see that genuine worship comes when we're having to deal with the toes of life? I've got a question for you that I thought about when I read this account. Maybe I've heard somebody talk about this before. I can't remember, but it just suddenly hit me. I've got a question. This, the Bible says in Luke chapter 7 that this woman was not the town seamstress. She wasn't the town cook. She wasn't the town mascot. This woman was the town harlot. She was a prostitute. So my question is for you is how did a prostitute come to own a very expensive bottle of perfume? Could it have been that this perfume was payment for services rendered? Maybe this woman understood worship so much because, see, she came to Jesus at foot level. Maybe she was able to know how to come at Jesus' foot level because she had lived her whole life 
at foot level. Maybe she would bring the, the, the gift of worship because she knew what it was like to be unwashed, to be untouched, to be unkept. Maybe she knew what it was like to bring genuine worship and come at foot level because that's where she'd lived her whole life. Teaching us this, if you've had a hard life, you ought to know how to worship. If you've gone through some bad things, you shouldn't be sitting there bitter. You ought to be the one leading the worship. If you've been broken in your life, you ought to know how to worship and get into genuine, authentic worship and approach the throne of grace because you know what it's like to be beat down and be on toll level. And genuine worship comes at God at toll level and says, even when it's dirty, even when it's nasty, even when it's difficult, in the rugged place of my life, at that moment I know what to do. I get into your presence and I worship you. Real worship touches toes. I wonder how many of us come in here every week and put on a show but never touch Jesus' toes. The second thing I've re realized and recognized is, is this, is that girl worship steps on toes. Have you ever had anybody step on your toes? Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about this little, I just brush it barely. I'm talking about somebody, it, it only happens when you have your new shoes on. It never happens when you have your old nasty shoes on. It's that new pair of shoes that's all shiny, and you walk into the room, and somebody walks by, and they put all of their weight on your shoe, and they dig in. Have you ever had that happen? I, I've realized something in my life. You know what stepping on somebody's toes does? It causes a response. In fact, for some of you, if we were to step on your toes this morning, things would come out of you that you didn't even know were in you. Because something about stepping on somebody's toes produces a reaction, a response. And I want to tell you this morning that genuine worship, girl worship, causes this something to happen. You step on toes. There are four entities that get stepped on. The first one is this. You, when you really worship, you step on God's toes. I'll explain more in a second. The second thing that happens is when you really worship, you step on other people's toes. I'll get back to that. The third thing that happens when you worship is you step on your own toes. And the fourth thing that happens is that at the moment that you genuinely worship God, the atmosphere around you reacts and changes. So what I'm saying is this, is that when we genuinely worship God, one of the things that happens, see, I've, I've discovered something, is that worship cannot be ignored by God, and it cannot be ignored by man. When we genuinely worship, I need you to get this in your mind. God is sitting in heaven right now. He's on his throne. The Bible says that all of creation worships him. The Bible says that the universe declares his glory and calls out his name. Stars are praising God right now. Trees are praising God right now. The Bible teaches us that angels are surrounding his throne going, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then when they get tired of that, they just go, Holy, holy is the Lord. They do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But the Bible declares that God created us to worship there is something that happens in worship when we really worship God it's like we step on his toes because suddenly it grabs his attention he quits listening to the trees for just a moment and goes mm-hmm I hear that I don't understand that I don't know why he wants us to worship I just know that he's created us to worship and at the moment as one of his highest creations when we open up our mouth or when we throw our hands up in the air or our heart reaches up to God in worship something changes that in that moment and it's like we dug our heel into God's toes and he sets up on the edge of his throne and he says mm, I'm hearing that and I like that and God reacts 
I don't have time this morning, but I could take you through the Old Testament and the New Testament and show you instance after instance and story after story where people, when they were in dire circumstances or it looked like all that was lost or the armies were gathered against them and there was no hope for victory, they would begin to worship. And at the moment they would begin to worship, God would get up off His throne and He would act and react on their behalf. Some of you need to make God move. And the way that you move Him is to worship Him. I wonder when's the last time you stepped on God's toes. The second thing it does is you step on other people's toes. See, genuine worship produces a response in others. See, see, I, 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 I read this story to you. And what happens is, is that this woman comes in and she, she's not even supposed to be in the room. It was unlawful for her to be there. She's a harlot. She's coming into church folks' house. You know that it was a Pharisee's house. And she was in church folks' house. And in the new, in John, I read to you that Jesus has his disciples around him. That's church folk. And we're not supposed to be in there like that. And she slips into the room. And it causes a response. Can I tell you this morning that other people will try to derail your worship? Other people will try to distract your worship, and other people will try to direct your worship. But when we genuinely get in the presence of God, other people will react. I'm telling you this morning that your worship sh should cause a response in people around you. There's two things that should happen. Either you should worship to the degree that it causes them to respond to want to worship too, or your worship should get on their nerves. When's the last time you opened up your mouth and began to worship God to the point that somebody looked at you and said, you are nuts. You're on my nerves. You've annoyed me. Or when was the last time you opened up your mouth and began to worship and the people standing next to you threw up their hands and began to worship? Genuine worship, when we worship like a girl, causes a response in other people. It moves other people. They'll either worship or they'll complain. Anybody complained about your worship lately? Yeah, I thought so. I complain about Quinn's worship all the time. You know what my complaint is? I can't do that. That's my complaint because if I could do it, I'd be right there with him. The only problem is I'd be in the chiropractor's for a month afterwards. As long as it's genuine, I don't give a rip. Dance yourself silly. I don't care. Because I believe that we've got to worship to the degree that it causes a reaction in other people. The third thing it does is it causes a reaction in us. I want you to recognize in the scripture in Luke chapter 7 that I read to you, the Bible says that when she approached Jesus and she stood at his feet and began to worship, the Bible says something very important. She wept. It moved her. See, I'm concerned. We, are, we have this benefit. I don't brag on us a lot. I don't think maybe, maybe I do and I don't recognize. But I just want you to know something about our church. We are blessed beyond measure. We can come in here week after week, and we do come in here week after week, and we have significantly powerful and anointed worship. You don't get this kind of worship everywhere. Our worship team does a fantastic job. But if we are not careful, we will come into the presence of God, and we can go through the motions. We know when to raise our hands. We know when to cry. We know the words. So we just sing them without thinking, and our worship never moves us. And genuine worship moves us. I've got a question for you. How is your worship going to move God if it doesn't move you? i got another question for you. How is your worship going to move somebody else if your worship doesn't move you at all? If you don't take to heart, we cannot afford to go through the motions when we get together to worship. In your car, you've got to come to this place where you worship to the degree that it moves you. In your school, you ought to worship to the place where it moves you. But the fourth thing it does is it changes our atmosphere. 
The Bible says in Luke chapter 7 that the fragrance filled the room. And then in uh, John that I read to you, the Bible says that when Mary broke open that flask and poured those aromatic oils, that fragrance filled the room. I need you to catch this this morning because what, what I'm saying is this, is if we're genuinely worshiping God the way we should, everywhere we go, I, 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 not just in here. You've missed the point. You've missed the whole point of the deal is if all you can do is come in here and worship and it has no impact on the rest of your life. Because what I believe it's teaching us is this, is if we would learn to genuinely worship, there's this aroma that would come off of of our life. And so when we go to school, people would walk down the hall and they'd go, there's something different about you. Peace walks in the room with you. Joy walks in the room with you. Happiness walks in the room with you. Power walks in the room. It is around me. My atmosphere, well, my marriage isn't great. No, I worship and the atmosphere changes my 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 home life is not great but i worship and my atmosphere changes i hate my job but in my cubicle at work i begin to sing at your feet jesus i worship you i love you and suddenly the atmosphere changes can i paint you a picture it's like this this is worship right here it smells better over here now quinn i spread it on this side for purpose on purpose Worship freshens us. Do you understand that when we genuinely worship God, it's just like spraying a spray like that, that where we smell nothing now, we go, mm, mm, mm. I want some of that. I do. I want to walk into a restaurant and somebody just walk by me and go, and it has nothing to do with my deodorant or lack of deodorant. But there's this fragrance that comes off of my life that they just walk by and they go, man, there's pe- I smell peace on you, bro. There's, have you ever met anybody like that? I know some folks like that. When they walk in the room, the whole atmosphere changes. I'm telling you this, they ought to be able to smell you coming. You ought to worship so much that your atmosphere changes. But the third thing that I want you to see is not only does... Genuine worship, touch toes and step on toes. The third thing it does is girl worship will curl your toes. You ever heard that expression? Man, that curled my toes. I had to go look it up. Be careful. Uh, Don't do a huge internet search. I just went on and asked what the definition of curl your toes was and just telling you be careful. But it says there are three things that curl your toes. Three things that cause us to our toes to drop. Number one, it said, when you're uncomfortable, your toes will curl. Then it said, not only when you're uncomfortable, but when you're shocked, your toes will begin to curl. Or the third one was, when you're embarrassed, it will curl your toes. Can I tell you this morning that these ladies paid such a steep price in worship that it curled people's toes. It shocked some people. It made some people extremely uncomfortable. It embarrassed other people. It curled their toes. Can I ask you a question this morning? When's the last time your worship curled anybody's toes? Let me explain what happened. Take a moment and think about what these ladies did. The Bible says in particular about the lady in Luke chapter 7 that she took a bottle of expensive perfume and she poured it on Jesus' feet. The Bible declares that this perfume was called nard, N-A-R-D. It was an ointment that 
could only be gained by finding a particular plant in the Himalayan mountains. In other words, they had to go long distances to get it. That's why it was so expensive. One man studied out this kind of ointment, and this is the conclusion he came to. He said, an alabaster flask of nard was a present, get this, for a king. And isn't that what worship is? Of all the things that God could ask from us, our time, our resources, our abilities, our money, the thing that he desires most, the present present that he has given us that we can give back to him that he wants more than anything else is our worship. Our worship is a present for a king. It goes on and it says that the bottle that they brought this perfume in was made out of alabaster. It was... Uh, History teaches us that it had this real long, slender neck. It didn't have a cork in the end of it. In fact, history teaches us that this little uh, bottle was designed so that the only way that you could get to the ointment was you had to break the neck off. Teaching us two things, one of which I've already explained to you, but that is this. Genuine worship comes out of brokenness. It's not the whole people that ought to know how to worship the best. It's the broken people that ought to know how to worship the best. Because those that have been forgiven much can come back and say, I'm so grateful. So it has to be broken. But the second thing it teaches us this is this. When you break that flask off to pour out that oil, she couldn't use it again. It was spent. It was a once and for all deal. Not teaching us that we never worship. Teaching us this, that leftover worship isn't sufficient. Some of you worshiped God 10 years ago and you think that's carrying you over. I got news for you. That worship's spent. Some of you worship God last Sunday until you were all sweaty and felt like you had really ch- good church. But I'm telling you this morning, if you didn't worship him today, that worship was spent. There is no such thing as leftover worship. We use it all. So every Sunday morning we should come together in a situation like this, in an environment like this, and we ought to worship God and leave nothing over. That's what she brought. But I want you to see this. The Bible says, that this was expensive perfume. We're taught that the average worker in those days was paid one denarii a day. That's, that was the minimum wage. One, one denarii a day, one coin. Judas speaks up in John chapter 12 and says, this perfume that she just poured out was worth over a year's wage. So it was worth, oh, at least 300 denarii. I, big deal. Let me bring it down to your level. Maybe you're here and you make $20,000 a year. Maybe you're here and you make $40,000 a year. Maybe you're here and you're like me and you make $168,000. I'm playing, I'm playing. Woody was getting excited because he knew that meant a raise for him too, right? I'm playing. But maybe you do make that. Maybe your salary sitting in here and we don't even know it. Maybe you drive a, a beat-up old car, but the reality is you make $500,000 a year and no, nobody knows about it and you're just fooling us all. Doesn't matter what you make, whether you make $5 an hour or $5,000 an hour. Hear me this morning. You take everything you make in a year and you give it away in one moment. Everything you make from August 30th this year to August 30th next year, you just lay it out and give it to God. Should we take up the offering now? Because that's what she did. Can I say something to you this morning? Girl worship is expensive. Girl worship cost. Girl worship had a high price. 
May I just mention a term to you that we don't hear very often anymore. I used to hear it all the time when I was little, but I don't hear it anymore. What happened to the sacrifice of praise? What happened to the high cost of praise? What happened to praising when we don't feel like praising? Maybe you always feel like praising, but there are moments in my life where I don't want to praise. What happened to paying the price in worship when nobody else would praise, I will praise? What happened to that? What happened to the day when we would worship whether anybody paid us to worship or not? What happened to the day when if we didn't like the song and we didn't like the worship leader and we didn't like the lights and we didn't like the smoke, we would still raise our hands and worship anyway? Why is worship supposed to be convenient? Why is worship, does it have to be so comfortable? Why are we not at this place in our spiritual walk when we go, you know what? I will pay the high price of praise even when I don't feel like it. That's the kind of worship she gave because she wasn't welcome in the room and she was ridiculed for being there and it cost her everything. And I want to ask you something this morning. When's the last time you praised so much it hurt? I don't mean physically. I mean, when's the last time you praised when everything was going wrong in your life and everything was falling apart and it made no sense to praise God, but you praised Him anyway? That's the high price of prayer and praise. Can I tell you this morning that worship costs us? It should cost us. If we're really going to worship, it should cost us respect and it should cost us dignity. Can I, can I draw your attention to one more illustration and I'm done? I, I just... Happen to remember in the Old Testament that there was a man that knew how to worship like a girl. His name was David. The Bible says he comes back in with the Ark of the Covenant. He's brought it back into the, the, the capital after years of being gone. And the Bible says that he goes, can I say it the way I would say it? He went buck wild. He just started stripping down in front of everybody and going crazy. And his wife is standing on a balcony and sees him. And she begins to revile him in her heart. And David's response was, you ain't seen diddly squat yet. Well, he didn't say it just like that, but he said, I'll be more vile than this. I'm just getting started. Can I ask you a question this morning? When's the last time somebody looked at you and went, that's ridiculous? Seriously, when's the last time somebody's jaw dropped, their eyes bugged out of their head, and they were taken aback by the level of worship that you are entering into? Because I'm telling you this morning that that is girl worship. That is the place that we've got to get to where we are willing to pay the price, where it curls our toes and we go, you know what, I can't even believe I did that myself. Or do we just do what we always did? Do I just raise my, I told him in the first service, can I just be honest with you? I've been in church so long that I can raise my hands without even thinking about it. Doesn't cost me nothing. I can sing the songs. And never even really think about what I'm singing because I've sung them so many times, it costs me nothing. Don't look at me like that. Because most of you have too. And I'm telling you that genuine worship occurs when it costs us. I challenge you this morning, worship like a girl. Touch the toes. Let worship stem from the ugliest places of your life. Step on some toes. Your worship should create a reaction. And third, I encourage you to worship to the place where it curls your toes. If you've always raised your hands, do something else. If you've always danced, do something else. 
You might still do it some, but I'm telling you, you need to find a new price to pay. Because worship is expensive. I want you to stand with me this morning. When's the last time your worship moved you? When's the last time your worship moved somebody else? When's the last time you paid a high price to worship? Father, I pray this morning that you would challenge us. Teach us how to fight like a girl. God, I, mem- I mentioned in that message that the way we learn to fight like a girl is we first have to learn to count like a girl. We add you back to the equation of our life. Teach us to fight like a girl. God, I pray you teach us to pray like a girl. I pray that you would raise up some men in this house that would learn how to pray and to hold on until you come through. Teach us to pray like a girl. And Father, I pray that you teach us to serve like a girl with excellence. Even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when we feel like quitting, we would continue to serve because we're serving a great king and we would serve like a girl. But Father, this morning my prayer is this. I pray you would seal this series with this. I pray in this body of believers you would begin to raise up some folks that know how to worship like a girl. I pray that we would become known, we would become marked, not by the, just the excellence of our worship and our talented musicians and singers. I pray that word would begin to get out in our community and in our jobs and in our schools and in our neighborhoods that those folks are crazy. They know how to worship like a girl. Father, we would come to this place where we would, out of the depths of our hurt places, we would worship you. Genuine worship would come out of our lives. Father, I pray that we would begin to step on people's toes. Your toes, their toes, my toes. God, I pray that the atmosphere around us would begin to change. When passion folks begin to walk into work, the aroma of worship would just come shooting off of them and the atmosphere would change. I pray for our college students that as they go into the dorm rooms, as they go into their classes, as they go into their jobs, God, that worship, people would be able to smell them coming. High school kids would do the same in moms and dads' homes that smelt like anger and smelt like divorce and smelt like heartache and smelt like hurt and smelt like fights and smelt like disagreements and quarrels. I pray that instead now we would walk into that same household and we would smell the aroma of worship. God, I pray that we would once again learn to pay the price of of genuine worship. It would cost us something. We would make a sacrifice of praise and you would accept it in the name of Jesus. Would you worship for just a moment before we leave this morning?
Father, your word teaches us this, that when this woman came under scrutiny, that you made this statement that she would be remembered for what she had done. Her worship would be remembered. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus as we leave this place today that we would begin to leave a legacy not by how much money we made or how famous we became or how successful we were. My prayer is that our legacy would be our worship. People would remember us as people who knew how to worship, that were radically crazy in love with you, and they would do whatever they had to do to get your attention and to worship you. Father, I pray that we would be marked by our worship this week and that we would walk this week, this month, the rest of this year, the rest of our lives, and we would do some things like a girl. We would learn. We would learn from these women that we've talked about. We would apply the lessons to our lives. And Father, we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, a couple things real quick, and then I'm going to let you go. One, if you need special prayer this morning. Our prayer team. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 